Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. Ephesians 6, 10 through 17. I want to read this just as a refresher for what we have been studying the last several weeks. Ephesians 6, 10 through 17. If we could get that on the screen, that would be awesome because then we can read this all together. All right, let's read it on three. There are several verses, but let's do it. I believe we can do it even after the turkey coma and all of the sugar that we've eaten the last few days. Lord, forgive us in Jesus' name. Help us to cleanse ourselves today and tomorrow and this week. But come on, let's read it together in faith. Say, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord That's a little weak, y'all. Y'all are going to have to read it. Come on, let's read it. Every one of us in this room today, let's read the word. Say, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And I want to focus today on this verse 17. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You know, if we're just reading our Bibles, we skip over a whole lot because we don't have this, we don't have this kind of talk nowadays. We don't say, use your helmet on because we don't wear helmets. We don't say, where's your sword? Because we don't have swords, right? We have other weapons and I'm talking natural, right? Other, where's your gun? Where's your bat? Like, I don't know what you, I don't have any weapons, by the way. But if I did, it might be a bow and arrow. But anyways, just kidding. But, but that's the Bible. And sometimes we, we skip over things and we don't understand the true meaning of helmet and sword unless you were living in those days. So we've got to dig a little deeper in the word. Think about these two things, how they go together, right? From... Uh, interesting, the helmet and the sword go together. The sword would be considered a soldier's main weapon at this time the Bible was written. And the helmet, listen, was used, the helmet was used to protect the forehead, the neck, the whole head from sword blows, like a sword blow. If you ever watch any violent war, uh, whatever ancient movies, um, back in the days of the Roman soldiers or the, you know, they're, to me, I find them fascinating. So um, I'm not a rom-com girl, I'm an action 
somebody's going to kill the bad guy kind of movie person. So that's just a little, little fact. But the helmet, so the helmet was made with iron or bronze, you know, one of the strongest things, and they, they would make a piece that would go right here to protect the forehead, and they would make a piece to protect the neck and the back. So this was like a thing that was meant to protect this, all of this. They're not going to stab you in the neck. They're not going to stab you in the forehead. Like as much of this that you can protect that helmet, that was what it was made for. And the helmet is defense, it was a defensive uh, armor from attack, but the sword was for both, but was more for the offensive, right? Your sword is to go after the enemy. Your helmet was to defend you from the enemy, but your sword was used to say, no, 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 I see the enemy coming, I'm gonna get my sword out. So see where I'm kinda going with this? So, helmet and sword. What does the Bible say? Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. There's two words that can be used for the Word of God. In the Bible, there's logo, logo how do you say that? Logos? Logos. Logos. Whatever you want to say. Logos. And there's rhema. Logos in the Greek means a written word and actually refers to Jesus himself, where John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. That's talking about Jesus himself when it's saying the word. Like Jesus is the written word. He was in the beginning with the Father, and he's the written word of God. Rhema, and I love this, Rhema, which is the spoken word, Paul chose rhema in the second part of this verse for the word. Okay, when he says the word of God, so when it says, um, take the, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, that's the word rhema for word right there. And rhema is what Paul chose. It actually means utterance. You can't utter in your mind. Utterance has to come out of your mouth right? It's a word. It's words that are coming out of your mouth. It means utterance or a thing said. Rhema is taken as the spoken word or the teachings of Jesus himself. So logos is the written, but rhema is the spoken. And so right here, this is what Paul, Paul chose the word rhema to put there, take the sword of the spirit, which is the word the rhema, the spoken word of God. So if we're supposed to use the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, we're supposed to be speaking, uttering, and fighting with the word of God coming out of our mouths. Anybody with me today? We're going to have to get a whole lot more vocal if we want to win more battles. But listen, like David has talked about, we're not going to beat the devil by cussing him out. That has zero power. You know where all the power lies? In the word of God. Because the word of God, written and spoken, is Jesus himself. It's God himself. These pages, and, and this is the battle right now that I see younger generation 
you are believing lies that there is no absolute truth. And let me tell you something. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. This is the absolute truth. And if you don't settle that in your heart, you don't settle it. It's not something that you settle by trying to prove scientifically, though I believe that can be done. It's something that you believe in your heart. You're not saved because you figure everything out in your mind. You're saved because you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. That's how you're saved. You believe Jesus, you receive him in your heart, and you declare he is Lord of my life, and you are saved. And nobody and nothing can ever take that away from you. Did you know that? The enemy can't take that. He cannot take your salvation. Your salvation cannot be stolen. You can give it up. You can lay it down. You can walk away from Jesus. He'll never give you up. He'll never walk away from you. But I, I, I'm here to tell you today that Jesus is the word. And he wants us to believe his word because it's going to change everything in our lives. You know, some of you believing for outcomes, believing for breakthrough, believing for victory in certain areas. You may be believing for for financial breakthrough or physical healing or different, whatever it is, there's so many things that we all are, you know, season to season facing and going through and declaring and fighting for. But you know, you're not going to get it by just checking off all your little boxes and all, your, all the things that the world says. You, you line up your ducks and, and get your bank accounts in order and get your house, you know, get these things, get this, get that. That's all good. And, it, and there is scriptural principle and and foundation for that but did you know you're not going to win without the word of god ultimately a successful life is not the money that you have in the bank at the end of your life did you know we're all going to meet jesus face to face one day we're going to stand before the king of kings when our life is over, and we don't know if that could be today, we don't know if it could be tomorrow, we don't know if it could be in two years, five years, whatever. But you, you know, we're gonna stand before Jesus, and we're gonna, the Bible says we're gonna give an account for our lives. And he's gonna say, like, what did you do with what I gave you? Did you believe me? Did you get your word in, in your heart? Did you get my word in your heart? And so I want to talk today a little bit more about this sword of the spirit. I want to talk to you about how we are supposed to have a, like our heart posture. Because it's not about the quantity of what you know. You could memorize 4,000 scriptures, which I think would have an effect on you for sure. Because if we got the word rolling around in us like that, it's going to come out in good ways. But, like, it's not here. It's here. Like, the devil knows what the Bible says. We know that from him tempting Jesus and, and bringing up the word. And Jesus is like, oh, no, that's a twisted version of the word. Let me tell you what the word really says. And that's how he defeated the devil. He said, 
oh, no, 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 I'm not tempted by that. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so if Jesus did that, do you think we should probably do that? I think, I think we should probably do that. And let's remind ourselves while we're doing this, according to Ephesians here, why do we put on the whole armor of God? Why do we put on the whole armor of God? And it says here to stand against the wiles, right? We've talked about the tricks, schemes. The enemy is always trying to deceive us. He's trying to be sneaky. You know, you think your heart's all like, Good, you're good, you're in a good place, and all of a sudden the enemy comes with thoughts, he comes with, with maybe people that you shouldn't be around, he comes with all kinds of things to try to deceive you and get you off. And it's a slippery slope, isn't it? It's a slippery slope down that path. It's like a little bit of compromise, a little bit of giving into those thoughts, a little bit takes us down ah, rabbit holes, we don't want to go down. Amen? I don't want to go down them. I don't think you want to go down them. And we're not going to go down them. We are putting on the whole armor of God to stand against the wiles of the devil, to withstand, this is what Ephesians says, withstand in the evil day, to stand and to, to keep standing, and to quench all the fiery darts of the evil one. So how important is it to know what the word of God says because if we don't, how do we even know to put on the whole armor of God and what that even means? Are you catching me? Are you following me today? Are y'all awake today in this place? <laughs> Good. This is a personal fight for every one of us, individually. We can stand together, but we have to be able to stand on our own. Because you can't do it for me and I can't do it for you. It is our victory that we're fighting for, but that Jesus has already won. Jesus already won it for us. We're supposed to walk in it. Even if we feel like we're only crawling, even if we feel like, you know, I want to be there or I want to be there or I want to be, like, let's start where we're at and be real about it and say, God, I thank you that you're growing me from faith to faith and glory to glory. So we have to walk in this, and we've got to continue to grow up spiritually. You know, the Christian life, living for Jesus, walking with Jesus, is not about going to church. I need a bigger amen on that. Walking with Jesus is not religion. It's giving your heart to him every day. It's letting his word change you and fix you and develop and mature you because that's what the word does. Like he works with us wherever we're at. But this is supposed to be glory to glory and faith to faith. So if you're stuck and you feel like, I just, I haven't grown spiritually and I don't know how to grow I got good news for you. I'm going to tell you how right now. Are you ready for that? I don't know about you, but I have felt stuck at times in my life. Anybody else? Like you just feel blah, and you're just like, I, I, you know, I love you, Lord, but I got nothing. And this world has a way of 
of desensitizing us to the things of the Spirit, don't, don't they? So that's why we got to put on the whole armor of God, that we're able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Because wa- walking with Jesus is not a feeling. It's not about, you know, the Bible doesn't say, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me, and bless him when you feel like it. I don't wake up like, I'm ready to bless the Lord today. I'm just so excited. For some, I mean, some days are better than others, right? But don't you, don't you think, don't you think it's, it's a battle sometimes to bless the Lord? Not because he's not worthy, but because we are not filling ourselves with him. The more we fill ourselves with his word, the more we fill ourselves with him, there's going to be a natural reaction is going to come out of our mouths. This is the way God made us. And listen to this. I want to share this with you. So the enemy will do everything he can to try to stop you from getting God's word in your heart and speaking it out because it's our victory. It's like a secret weapon. You're, you're getting the word in your heart and you're speaking it out in victory. Revelation 12:11 says, and they overcame him, the devil, by the blood of the lamb. Everybody say it, by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Is the word of our testimony sound like this? Nobody's going to hear the word of our testimony if we don't open our mouths and tell people and declare the word of our testimony, which is that Jesus, his blood has saved me, healed me, delivered me, set me free. I'm in his family forever. Nothing can take me out of his hands. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Jesus is our victory, and the word of our testimony is our victory. So how... How do we get the word of God in our hearts to have the spiritual results and fruit? It says we will. Anybody with me on that? How do we see in our lives the spiritual results and fruit of sowing the word? And I want to say to to you today, allowing the word to lead us guide us, and be the foundation of our lives. It really is about the posture of our hearts. It's not doing what you feel. It's doing what you know is right. It's doing what you know you need. Not in your flesh, but in your spirit. And your flesh You all know we need it. (laughs) Our flesh needs to be brought under the power of God and the word of God. And so I just, uh, are we reading the word? So when you're reading the word, when I'm reading the word, are we reading the word, and I, I would say this in this way, through a religious filter? Like, like, okay, I'm gonna get up and do, I'm gonna get up or have time in the word, but am I doing it 
to just go, okay, I'm in the word because I know it's what I need? Or am I doing it saying, God, speak, change me through your word? Because I know I've done both. I've read the word through a religious filter. But I'm going to share a couple of scriptures with you today, and I promise I'm not, I'm not even much longer. I, I just, I'm going to wrap it up, actually, in a couple of minutes. But, but it's all about the posture of our hearts with sowing the word of God in us. So I want to read some scriptures about the word and how we can posture our hearts to be hungry for the word. Psalm 1, if you want to turn there, you can turn there in your Bibles. You might want to underline, highlight it. This is such an awesome, life-changing chapter in the Bible. It says, blessed is the man or woman who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight Everybody say delight. And we don't say that word a lot either, but when I say delight, it just like makes me smile. Like I want to delight. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Does that sound like a good plan? I'll take that, Lord, yes. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners. You're just going with the flow. You know, the Bible is all about going against the flow. The Bible says wide is the road to destruction, but narrow is the way to life. It is not the easy way. It's the best way, but it's not the easy way. Because it's easy to go with the flow. Isn't it? It's hard to stand up in your high school and say, that's not right. And Jesus loves you. It's not, it's not easy to go to the person sitting by themselves who you can see is racked with turmoil and pain and their whatever's going on. It's not easy to go to them and sit down with them and tell them that Jesus loves them. It takes boldness. It takes sacrifice. But that's what we're called to do because we're the light of the world. That's what Jesus said. All right. I want to read another one. Oh, um, and verse, oh, sorry, verse 2 in the Psalm 1, but his delight, that delight, that word delight, it means pleasure, desire, and it's, it's as concretely a valuable thing. So that concretely a valuable thing is like it's done. Like his delight is like a done deal that I delight in the law of the Lord. It's concrete in my life. That's my delight. Isn't that, isn't that good? So is our delight in the law of the Lord? Is it where we turn for answers, for healing, for deliverance, for help? 
Are we turning to Google? Are we turning to our family? Are we turning to, are we turning to the Lord? Are we turning to the word of God? Psalm 119, 92 through 93, it says, unless your law had been my delight. And that means enjoyment, pleasure. I would then have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have given me life. Unless your law had been my delight. So see, that is a total heart posture thing. It's not something you feel. It's something you decide. That my delight is going to be the law of the Lord. And this is what I'm going to obey and walk in. It is not a feeling. It's a decision. It's a decision we have to make. And as we continue to make that decision from our hearts, I want to testify, the feelings come. But obedience has to come first. Psalm 119, 105, it says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. If you feel lost in life right now, you don't know what direction you should be going. You don't know what path to take. And it, and it could be at any age. It could be young, middle, old, whatever. If you don't know where to go, guess what you need to do? You need to go back to the word. Because the word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I also love there that the Bible says lamp and light. Because when you don't know where you're going, it's dark. There's darkness when we don't have the direction. When we don't know where we're going, there's a reason why. Because the lamp and the light isn't shining. But the Bible says your word's a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So as you feed on the word, as you get to know what the word says and make it your foundation, you're not looking to books and other leaders that are, that are successful in the business world and successful at this and successful at that. And I'm not saying those things don't help. But I'm saying if the word isn't your foundation first, the enemy will try to deceive you and get you off. Amen. The word has to be our foundation. Psalm 119, 129 through 130 says, your testimonies are wonderful. Therefore, my soul keeps them. The entrance of your word gives light. The entrance of your words gives light. If there's darkness, if you feel like there's stuff hidden in your life, you need to turn the light on. And let the entrance of the word of God bring light. Because darkness cannot hide in the light. We just got to expose that darkness and let the word of God come in and shine his light. Amen? And then Psalm 19, 9 through 11 says, How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. 
With my whole heart, I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Knowing the word of God, keeping it and obeying it as the foundation for your life, your choices, where you go, what you do, how you think, who you hang out with, will keep you in the light and out of darkness. Being in darkness will always bring destruction and devastation to our lives. You know, whenever I have not, I can look back on my life, 42 years now, thank you very much. <laughs> I know you're shocked. It's okay. I know. It's shocking. 42. Right, babe? It's so shocking. <laughs> but I can look back and, and just think of, like, like, Story after story after story after story after story of God's word carrying me through. It's God, but his word in my heart protecting me, delivering me, getting me out of bondage, getting me on the right path, getting me in the direction that God had for my life, and the lies of the enemy have to go. He's been so faithful, but his word has truly been the lamp and the light of my life. And I just want to testify of that today. You know, as I'm closing, and we are, we are closing, I remember um, I was 17 and, and started dating this guy. And um, shortly after, my dad, <laughs> my dad's on the front row here. If you don't know, John and Debbie, those are my parents. But, uh, but, but I remember my dad saying to me, who is this? And what are you doing? And why are you dating this guy? Because it was pretty obvious that I shouldn't have been. <laughs> and he made it very clear that I shouldn't be. <laughs> so for those of you who have parents that are trying to help steer you in the way of the Lord, <laughs> just listen, do it. But whether it's, you know, sometimes the timing off, sometimes the person, whatever it is, I knew in my heart that I should not have been dating him. We were just, he was not going after the Lord like I was going after the Lord. And I did it anyways. I know that's shocking too, right? Any, any of you disobeyed the Lord before? <laughs> Just me? Okay. You're amazing. Yeah. Oh, but for the grace of God and the mercy of Jesus. But listen, it brought a lot of pain. It brought a lot thank God he's the one that takes the ashes and brings beauty out of them, but it's a process. And I would totally do that over different if I could. Because sometimes the choices we make are things that we want, and it's not what God has for us. And if we would just surrender, and if we would say, God, I want your word to be what leads me and guides me your written word and your spoken word. 
because man doesn't live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds out of your mouth to me. The word of God is so applicable to every single one of us in every single situation. There is nothing that you would be going through, that you would be facing, that you're dealing with, that isn't in the word. It's all here. Everything that we need. Every feeling, every thought, every bit of spiritual attack. Do you know the Bible says that Jesus took it all? Everything we would ever go through and feel in this life, he felt times a million infinity. Just say infinity because there's no end. But he took it all for us. Did you know that God wants us to get the word of God into our hearts because it protects us, keeps us? Like if I would have obeyed what I knew the word of God said, like don't rush love, don't, don't grasp for what is not from God. It would have kept me safe. And God restores because we all blow it. We all miss it. We all disobey. That's what the grace and mercy of God is all about. But you know, Psalm 119 and 114 and 15, it says, you are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. Depart from me, you evildoers, for I will keep the commandments of my God. He's our protection, but we need to follow God and his word. We have a very powerful sword that will defeat the devil and all works of darkness in our lives. And I say, it's time that we sow the word of God like never before. Amen. It's time to sow the word of God like never before into our hearts and use it for what he intended. Victory, protection, direction, provision, healing, the list goes on and on and on. And so today we're closing, but would you just get your heart in a posture before the Lord? You don't, you don't have to kneel or anything, but would you just not be distracted for a moment by anyone around you? If you close your eyes, it helps you not be distracted. And I just want to say some things to the Lord today as we are closing. And so would you just repeat after me today? And if you want to put your hands out before the Lord, just as a sign of surrender, and just say this after me, Father, come on, say it after me, Father, I love you today, and I give you my life. And I thank you, Lord, for the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And I use the sword of the Spirit to defeat the devil and all the works of darkness in my life today. Lord, I declare your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I will sow your word every day of my life in a fresh way. I make a fresh commitment to make your word 
my foundation. It is the rock on which I stand. And Lord, we thank you that you are doing a new thing in us today, God. You are doing a new thing in your church all over the earth. We listen and obey your voice, God. We listen and obey your word. And we run after you, not because of feelings, but Lord, because of a decision that we want you and we want what you have for us. In Jesus' name. And if there's anyone here today with eyes closed, if there's anyone here today and you've heard about Jesus, but you might have never given your heart to Jesus, I want to tell you today it's the best and most important decision you'll ever make. He loves you with an unfailing love, and if you say yes to him, he will change your life forever. He's the lover of your soul. There is nobody and nothing that can love you more than him. And so if you just want to receive Jesus today, maybe a recommitment to him, just to say, Lord, I got to get my life right with you. I haven't been walking with you, but I want to. Or if you've never received Jesus today, with everybody's eyes closed in this place today, just slip up your hand just to tell the Lord, that's me today. I want to receive you. I want to walk fresh and new with you and be who you've called me to be today. Just slip up your hand so I can see it and agree with you today. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And let's all say this together. Dear Lord, I receive Jesus into my heart today. I receive the, what he did on the cross and I declare Jesus is Lord of my life today. I'm never going back. And I receive salvation from him, from you, today in Jesus' name. And I thank you that my life will never be the same. I serve Jesus and I love Jesus. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast.